This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I'm Pastor Joe Faldet. Our winter schedule has Sunday school at 9 a.m. and worship at 10 a.m. We can be found online at hosannafreelutheran.com. We are on KRW 101.5 at 8.30 on Sunday mornings, and our podcast handle is The Kingdom at Hand. You can access that through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. You can also access that through our website. Our sermon today is going to be on one verse. And we are going to be looking at Ephesians 5, verse 25. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Ephesians 5, 25, found on page 1245 in your Black Pew Bible. I was going to preach on the whole paragraph, and then by the time I got done taking notes on verse 25, I thought, all right, we're done. <laughs> That's plenty. I read in Jesus' name. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, we pray that you'd grant us the wisdom and the grace to understand it and the humility to apply it, Lord, that our lives might be changed and that you might be glorified in us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as, as we begin this, um, we're starting off, well, last week we talked about, you know, wives being in submission to their husbands as, as the church is in submission to Christ. And so that's the, that's the symbolic role that a wife plays in the family. And that, that's the symbolism that she brings. And so as we look at this today, we're looking at the role that the husband brings in symbolism to all the world for Christ's interaction with his wife. Christ's interaction with the church. Paul says later in this passage that this is, you know, the passage from Genesis 2. uh, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And so, as we see that back in the book of Genesis even, Paul is saying this is Christ and the church. So if we look at Christ and the church, how does that what does that teach us about the family relationship? And as we look at the family relationship, what does that teach us about Christ and the church? So we're constantly moving back and forth. And as we start this then, we need to look at what does it mean to love someone? Because that's something that our culture is confused on, maybe? Or that we have defined in a manner that is not biblical. So uh, to start off, we look at the modern idea of love, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I like words. Um, I don't know why, I I just do. I find them fascinating in the way that we use them. And so when, when people say, I love something in American English, maybe you should have Benny talking about this because, you know, he's a second language speaker and he probably understands it better than I do. Uh, But as Americans talk about loving someone or being in love with someone, they're actually speaking about having affection. 
And it's primarily this emotional like upheaval within us of some sort. It, it can be big, it can be small, but it's having affection for someone. I, I enjoy being around them, or I enjoy the way they make me feel. And so I enjoy that person, therefore, that means this is love. And there's problems with that because, well, first off, we have a really hard time defining, you know, it's what sort of love we have as... Um, I once heard a preacher say, you know, why is it that I can love tacos and love my wife? There is a distinction there. Like tacos are pretty good, but I would give up tacos in order to, you know, keep Kirsten married to me. Why is it though? Like really, when we think about love, we need to think about that. Why is it that I can say that I love tacos and I love my wife? That just waters down this word love to such a degree that we don't really even know what to do with it. You know, we, we have people doing all sorts of crazy things out of love. You know, you get these stalkers. You hear about these stalkers, people stalking celebrities, thinking that they're in love with them. You know, they've watched them on a movie, and then they have these affectionate feelings for them. And then they start stalking them because they're in love with them. And it's like, is that love? No, you know, being creepy isn't being loving, I hope. Otherwise, well, I don't know if I failed or not. Um, but that's not love. And so we have like this, this idea that affection means love is so foreign to a biblical concept of love. And that's, so we have to have some sort of foundation. And because we're being spoken to in the words of Scripture, we need to look at Scripture then. To see what love really means. And if we're told in scripture, aren't we? God is love. And so if God stands as love, what sort of love is that? Well, the Greek word that God uses, that God has Paul use here is agape. And we've heard about the word agape, I'm guessing. If you've listened to Christian radio for any period of time, they'll talk about agape. Um, You hear pastors talk about agape love. And agape love is a love that is really directed outward. And so it isn't about how someone makes me feel. You know, if affection is a love that's directed inward. And so this person makes me feel loved, therefore I love them. Well, what's it about? They, it's about how I feel in this situation. It's about my feelings. You know, how tacos make me feel. Would that be the way to say that? Because I know people who love tacos, but tacos don't make them feel well. Um, it, bring, it comes back, but it's all about me. And the focus of American love is me, whereas the focus of agape love is out. And so it's not about how my wife makes me feel. It's about how I treat her. And this is agape love. It's, it's love that's focused out. And that's how we should interpret this. Paul says, husbands, agape your wives. That means husbands, Don't focus on your wives because of how they make you feel. Don't treat them well because of how they make you feel. Treat them well because they are who you are supposed to be treating well. Be kind, be considerate, be thoughtful towards them, be looking out towards them. And that's what this means because that's how God has interacted with us. And so I... I, worked on this trying to figure out how do we apply that because 
I don't know about you, but that's, for me, that's kind of this hard to grab nebulous idea that I'm supposed, that like, I'm supposed to be willfully treating my wife well. It's like, okay, but how do I conceptualize that for me? So I started thinking about it in terms of value. Husbands, treat your wives as something valuable. And then it clicked. Then it crystallized for me. And so I'm, this is my own thinking. And I'm not saying, this isn't how agape should be translated. But this is how agape could be translated into American English in 2019 for me. <laughs> Maybe for other men too. Men, how do you treat those things which you value? Do you neglect them? Do you ignore them? Do you allow them to just rust away and waste away in the back 40? You know, you treat the car that you value and you put it out in the grove and don't touch it for 10 years? Is that how you treat something that you value? You know, and so as we, as we consider values, we consider love, I think we need to put this into terms of value. Husbands, treat your wives as if you valued them. And then this idea of loving them falls into place. At least it did for me. So what does it mean to love my wife? Well, if I think about her as someone that I value, how would I treat her? So we love our wives as someone who is valuable because how do we treat things that are valuable? Like if I treat, say, well, actually I've, We'll take my house. I don't know. My pickup. I, you know, what are these things that we value in our lives? And so as I think about that, there's all sorts of things that I value. And so I should have actually thought through this beforehand. You guys are getting a live stream again. I apologize for that. This isn't scripted. But how do I treat my, how do I treat my pickup? Or how do I treat my car? Actually, Kirsten drives the car. So how do I treat my pickup? Because that's the one that I drive. That's the one that I've pay attention to. That's the one that I focus on. Do I make sure that it's got gas in the tank? Do I make sure that the oil is changed? Do I make sure that the tires are working? Do I make sure that everything's the way that it's supposed to be in order for this thing to keep driving, in order for this to keep working? And as we think about value, we need to think about for ourselves, what is it that I value? You know, take some object in your life. Men, take some object in your life that you really have value for. Is it your fields? Is it your house? Is it your body? Is it your reputation? What thing do you really value? How do you treat that thing? How much time do you spend with it? How much time do you think about it? How much care do you put into it? Because that's what it means to treat something as valuable. Growing up a, a fall debt, we treated those things which produced as things which were valuable. And so like our fields, we treated our land very well. We treated our cattle very well. We, you know, we treated our, our machinery very well. Our yard, nah. it got mowed because our reputations were valuable. <laughs> but, you know, it never got watered. We never watered our yard. It was there to look nice and to be used, but it wasn't there to be taken care of. 
You know, and so we didn't treat our yard well because we never hayed our yard. We treated our hayland better than we treated our yard. Why? Because our hayland produced something for us. You know, we thought about that. We trapped the gophers there. Why did we trap the gophers in our yard? Because it made it harder to mow when we had these gopher piles. But why did we treat, trap the gophers in our pasture? Well, because they were hurting our pasture. You know, it was two totally different mindsets. The things that produced, we treated very highly. We treated really well. We thought about them. We paid attention to them. We weeded them. We watered them. We made sure that everything was going well with it. The things that we didn't value, well, we took care of them to the basic necessities. So they didn't necessarily just rust away. And so as we think about men, as we think about our wives, how are we treating our wives? Are we treating our wives as things we actually value, putting time and energy into them, or are we just giving them the basics so that they stop complaining? Really? Because, you know, that's like the person who changes the oil because the oil light goes off on their dash. Is it time to change your oil when the oil light goes off on your dash because you don't have enough oil in your vehicle? The time to change that was way before. You know, I had a, there was a neighbor back home. Not really a neighbor, he lived in the area. But he never changed his oil. He just added new. You know, and so when the oil started to get low, he would just put new oil in. And he would know to put oil in when the engine started knocking. (laughs) I know, really? Yeah. He didn't value his vehicles at all. He just put oil in when they started complaining. And I think that's how men treat their wives. Because their wives don't have a lot of value to them oftentimes. And why am I harping so much on men? Because really, men, we are the foundation of our culture. We are the ones that move it forward. If we want to fix America, it's going to start in the homes. And who is it going to start with? Well, today we're talking to men. Men, it's going to start with you. Last Sunday, we were talking to women. Women, it's going to start with you. I don't care who it starts with. It's got to start. It's got to start somewhere. And I can't point it at my wife and say, Kirsten, you better start fixing our lives. I'm going to go and sit on the couch until you do. No, Joe, fall that. I've got to start treating my wife as someone who's value Because she is valuable. She is. Stop and take a moment and think about all the, all the things that your wives do for you. Do around the house. Do for your children. Like those are things that we really need to think about. They work outside the home. Great. What, how are they valuable then? You know, what sort of value added does a wife bring? Right? This is something to think about. To stop and to consider. To cultivate that thinking. You know what? My wife really is valuable. I think about all the things that Kirsten does. And I'm not going to label all of them off because that doesn't, I don't want that to be my half an hour sermon. You know, because there are known values there. You know, the, her ability to cook and, you know, make sure that my pants don't fall down. <laughs> that's actually my fault. But, you know, that's value. The, you know, cooking, cleaning, mending. She's the one that does her sewing. I can too, but she's better at it. You know, the fact that she's doing such a stupendous job raising my children. You know, you have no idea how valuable that is to me. 
how much time and energy she invests into that. Those are known values. But you know the interesting thing, men, and I'm speaking to men. I'm also speaking to women because you are valuable and you're more valuable than you know. Because your value right now isn't only based upon what your husbands know about you. Because like the other day I was talking to Kirsten. She was out with the kids out at Memorial Park. And she was building friendships with people in our community. And people, we had someone stop over the other day to, because she was making friends with them. And so now I have the opportunity to minister because of the friendships that she's making. And I had never really thought about that until she started telling me about this person that she was interacting with. And I thought, you know, that's an unknown value. She is more valuable. I know that she is more valuable now than I knew two weeks ago. Did she have that value two weeks ago? Absolutely. But I didn't know how valuable she was. And the interesting thing is, there is still more value within her than I currently know. So husbands, as you look at your wives, you need to look at your wives in light of the fact that there is unknown value there that you just haven't figured out yet. Because we don't always pay attention. As a guy, I don't. And so there's things in my wife that are valuable that I don't know about. And there's value that's going to express itself later on in her life that I don't know at this time. And you know, that's interesting that Jesus here, um, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And this, this idea of what Jesus is doing is not only is he treating the church as something of value, but he's treating the church as something that can be more valuable yet as he invests in her. And so if I treat my pickup with great care, is it going to become more valuable in the next five years? No. Maybe in 20 years. Because then a collector is going to look at it and say, hey, I had that pickup. I would like that pickup. If I treated that pickup really well for 20 years and didn't drive it, but then I wouldn't be using it and it's a tool. But nevertheless, in the next five years, it wouldn't grow in value. It would actually decline. But if I invest in Kirsten, in our relationship, there is unknown value there that's going to continue to grow and to flourish and to bloom. Because that's what relationships do. And that's how I'm called to be treating my wife. Treating my wife as someone who's valuable, loving her because she's actually got unknown value to me. Does this make sense? Am I speaking English here? You guys are kind of flat. I don't know why. You know, can I get to get a, well, we don't say amen. Can I get a you betcha? You know, <laughs> you know So we treat our wives as valuable because they are valuable and because they are more valuable than we currently even understand. So it's like, you know, there's that parable. So we'll tell a parable. Um, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a merchant who, a, you know, a pearl salesman. Pearl salesman? Pearl merchant. Pearl merchant. That's what it was translated as. Kingdom of God's like a pearl merchant who upon finding a pearl of great value, sells all he has and purchases it. You know, who is that pearl merchant talking about? Is that Jesus or is that us? Because how much is the kingdom of God worth to me? Should be worth everything. How much is the kingdom of God worth to Jesus? 
it was worth everything. And so it speaks to both. Because there's more value there than we know. And as Jesus invested in the kingdom of God, as Jesus invests in the church, more and more value comes out of it. So also with our wives, they are more valuable than we know. And so then I love my wife as Christ loved the church. And this as then speaks to that comparison. I treat my wife as valuable as Christ taught, as Christ treated the church as valuable. And I need to do this for my sake. I need to. I need to treat my wife as valuable for my sake. Because first off, that's how I learn how valuable I am to Christ. Because as I invest in Kirsten, as I, I don't often have to forgive her, but as I apologize to her, (laughs) and as I receive forgiveness from her, and as I give forgiveness to her, I start to learn more about Christ's relationship with me. As I act as a husband ought, treating my wife as the most valuable thing that I have in this world. Because she is. To treat my wife in that manner, I start to see how Christ looks at me. Does, he, does Christ love me because I'm perfect? No. Am I called to love my wife even though she isn't perfect? Sorry. Hate to spill the beans. <laughs> you guys knew that, but you haven't seen it yet, so just wait. No, I don't love my wife because she's perfect. I love my wife because she has great value to me. I love my wife because she is precious. I love my wife because Christ loves her. And so then I love my wife because, and as I love my wife, and I see that even her in her sinfulness, I start to understand, I don't have to be perfect in order for Christ to love me. I don't have to be perfect in order for Christ to have value, for me to have value to Christ. I'm called to be perfect, just as I love, would love my wife to be perfect. And she would sure shoot and love her husband to be just even a little bit more perfect. But I love her nevertheless. Treat her as valuable. And I do this then for my wife, that she might know, that she might see. The love that Christ has for her expressed through me. Because it's one thing for her to see the love that Christ has for her in and of herself, but it's another thing then to see that through another person. Because then I get to act like the moon shining the light of the sun back to her. So that then she would get that light all the brighter. And that's the glory of this and that's the joy of this. That I then get to represent my Lord to her. So how do I show the love of Christ to my wife? It's by treating her as someone who's valuable, not by treating her as someone I just don't want to nag me anymore. So I invest before she tells me that I have to. So that I seek ways to bless her instead of just seeking ways to bless myself. So that I invest into her instead of just using her to get what I want. Like a hot meal in the evening or you know, the kids' diapers changed. Kirsten, I got a present for you. Soren's got a present for you. No. 
That would be a blessing to her. And then I see that. I see that that's what Christ does to me. Because how many of you have been blessed even before you knew that you had a need? Has God ever done that for you? He's done that for me. So that's how I'm supposed to interact with my wife. Wow, how about that? It's Christ loved the church. Husbands, this is what we're called to do. And we're called to do this because the world needs to know this too. Because you ever watch a sitcom and see how they present the husband? You know the sad thing is? I'm afraid they present husbands pretty accurately. The husband's kind of the bumbling fool that needs to have his life picked up by his wife. And oftentimes that's the way that things go. Is that the way that things should be? No. And that's why the world needs to see us. They need to see me putting my friends second to my wife. They need to see me putting my wife first before my job. You guys need to see me putting my wife first even before the needs of the ministry. The world needs this. Men, the world needs you to put your family first because the world doesn't know that the family is actually valuable. The world thinks that money is valuable. Fools. The world thinks that reputation is more valuable than your relationship to your spouse. They're wrong. It's not. It's second to that. This is our primary relationship. This is our primary place of value. If you have all the money in the world and you get a divorce, you know what you have? Half of the money in the world. It doesn't value. It doesn't work. It isn't good. We invest there. This starts with us as men. This is our call. To treat my wife as valuable because she has value so that the world might know that the church has value to Christ. So that the world might know that the Christianity says my spouse is valuable first. And then my other relationships come after that. Because a man shall leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, right? And so if, parents, do you think that you should at least to some degree be more important than your kids' as friends? How much more than should your wife be more important than your friends? A man shall leave his father and his mother. How much more shall a man leave his job for his wife? Leave wealth behind for his wife. Leave reputation and social standing and all those things behind for his wife. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church because Christ did all of that for us. He who was God emptied himself and became man even to the point of a servant, even to the point of death for the sake of the church. This is what Christ has done for us. How valuable is your wife? This is how valuable we are to Christ. This is our standard. This is what Jesus has done for us. And so this is what Jesus calls us to. This is what the world needs to see. And this is why Christ offers himself to us at communion. Because apart from Christ, we can't do this. And so as I fail in this task, and as I strive to grow in this task, because I hope I'm a better husband now than when we first got married, I don't want you to answer that right now. (laughs) As I strive to grow in that task, though, 
I become to see what Christ has for me all the more. And as I fail in that task, I see that forgiveness that Christ has for me. And I see that calling that Christ has for me. And then I start to see the love that Christ has for me even deeper. And so we grow in this so that we might know Christ better. I do. Because as I strive to live out the truths of Christ in my life, that veil gets removed all the more. And I see the glory of God in greater and greater ways. So husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Treat her as valuable because that's how Christ has treated you. So that the world might know, so that you might know the value that you have in God's eyes. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Thank you for valuing us. Lord, that you left everything behind for us. That you experienced hell for us. Lord, we thank you. And I pray that we would be willing to walk through that same darkness for the sake of those whom you value. Lord, putting you first and foremost, submitting to you above all. Lord, but in that then, loving those whom you love and loving our wives for they are valuable. Bless us, guide us, be glorified through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.